listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit harvestkelowna.ca. The dangerous thing, you know, like when your computer, your phone, or whatever reminds you that updates are available, and you hit the later button, or not now, or cancel, because you don't want to update it, because you're like, oh, it, it could mess with my life a little bit. You know, I think at times we need to update our hearts. We need to refresh our hearts in our relationship with the Lord, in our commitment to him. And yeah, we can be afraid because it's surrender. Yeah, we're afraid because it may mix things up a little bit than what we're used to, but the end result is good. I encourage you to give him your heart today. Second of all, the thing, what, it, what we can give to Jesus is our friendship. John 15, 15, you can write that down, you can look at it later. John 15, 15, it says, um, Jesus said, once I called you servants, now I call you friends. When you have a friend, what, what do you do with them? You talk to them, you get to know them. And, and today, our form of friendship is so messed up. You see, we can communicate to people all over the place. Yesterday, I I took a picture of of a little poster that had something to do with bacon, and it reminded me of a friend in Ontario. And I said to Charlotte as we walked out of the store that we were in that I snapped this picture of, and I sent it to him. I said, isn't it crazy just to think that, that right now that's hitting his phone and he's able to see that? I guess I'm still blown away by technology. And we can communicate with friends All over the world, throughout the day, I did a check. First two weeks of December, I sent 566 text messages. That's just on one texting platform that I have. I have a few other means of communication like that. I didn't even count how many emails and different things like that. We can communicate and have all these different friends and all these these different connections and still not really know people. How many friends do you have on Facebook? How many followers on Instagram? How many, you know, I mean, uh, different people we have in this, you know, that, that we have friends with that we communicate and we actually can even spy on them. How many of you ever kind of spied on someone through, through social media? Come on, yeah, this is church again. Raise your hand. Yes, you kind of like, hmm, I wonder. I met this person, you check out their name, you check out some things about them and next thing you know details about them but you don't really know them. I mean, I looked this past week, 850 some friends I have on Facebook. I don't know 850 some people very well. And they don't know me very well. Some of the people I'm friends with, I don't even know, except that I maybe met them while I was in Ontario or in Chicago or it's a friend of a friend and they requested friendship in a moment of weakness. I said yes. And so I don't even know who these people are. And yet I have 850 some friends. And yet I can be the loneliest person on the face of this world. Jesus wants our friendship, get to know him. And we get to know him through the word of God. You might say, well, and, and, and so it's not self-righteous moment because uh, you might say, I don't do social media. Yeah, but how much time do you, sp- you spend staring at the rectangular box, either in your living room or on your lap? And we communicate one-sided in some ways, and, and we spend all of these different ways communicating, entertaining ourselves, all these different things. How much time do we spend getting to know Jesus as our friend? Talk to him. He'll talk back to you. Open the word, he'll speak to you. His word is alive. It's relevant for your life, for my life, for our church today. Let's be people of his word. 
John 5, Jesus said in verse 39 to the Pharisees, to the religious leaders, he says, you search the scriptures, you know the scriptures, and yet you don't know me. Talk to him, listen to him. I think all that is out there is they're doing some renovations and dumping cement in a garbage bin. So it's not an earthquake or anything like that. You hear the rumblings. It's just renovations going on for whatever's going in next door to us. So just so you know that if you're wondering what those rumblings are. You see, the gospel, it changes us. When we experience Christ in our lives, it changes your heart, your desires, your motivations. You want to get to know Jesus. And if you don't have those motivations, you don't have a desire to want to be in the word and allow him to transform you, you need to go back to step one and give him your heart and get an understanding of what the gospel is all about. Or you need to come back to him because you've been that prodigal and, and re-give him your heart, recommit yourself to him. You'll want to spend time getting to know this friend who gave himself for you. Open the Bible. He'll speak to you. Chris Tomlin uh, writes a song and, and it's been going over my head. I've been hearing it on satellite radio and, and uh, even... I think it was even playing in a Starbucks recently. Um, someone even put on, on social media, and, and it's a song, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. He's a good, good father. And the words, full of love, so undeniable. Peace, so unexplainable. As you call me deeper into love. And as we get to know our friend, we understand his peace and his power and his love in a greater way. Give Jesus your friendship today. Talk to him. Share him with others. We are to share. He's, he's told us, if you love me, you're going to keep my commands. That's one thing we're going to do. But another thing that he calls us to do is to share him with others. When people start talking about a good friend of yours and they're miscommunicating about the person or they're saying things that aren't true, does a good friend... Correct that person who is saying the wrong things about a friend or does a good friend just keep their mouth quiet? A good friend defends that friend and say, no, that's not true. When Jesus is being misrepresented, misspoken about, speak about him. Tell others about him. We are to be people, we are to be Jesus carriers to, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Stand up for that friend. In the conversation that you're having with people, Bring Jesus into the conversation as, as, and, and, and there oftentimes be opportunities for that to happen. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us to be ready, to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in us. Be ready to speak about Jesus. And the third thing that we can give Jesus this Christmas, third thing is take care of his family. This is an interesting one. But folks, it's so important. Remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he was looking at the crowd, what did he say to John, his beloved disciple? He said, take care of my mom. Take care of my mom. Take care of my family. And it says that John did that, that John took Mary home. Don't know what happened to, to Joseph would lead to believe that he, that he passed away and Mary was now a widow. And in the midst of Jesus' pain and suffering, he was concerned for his family. 
In the midst of your pain, your suffering, we are to be concerned for his family. And not just your immediate family. Yes, you are to be concerned for your immediate family. But so oftentimes, that's where our caring stops. And God's word calls us to care for his family. And then to move that out, as we were talking a number of weeks ago, from in here to out there. We are to care for others. In John 13, it says, Jesus even said, he says, your love for me is expressed in your love for one another. Love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciple if we have a love for one another. Jesus wants us to care for his family. And one of the ways, listen to this, this is important too. One of the ways that, that it proves that we actually love Jesus is how we take care of his family. It's so important. It's based on God's word. It's based on God's truth. And if we're living a self-centered life, just caring for me, myself, and, and those around us in our immediate family, and not caring for God's family and for others that are out there, it's serious, serious warning that, that we don't truly understand our salvation or what salvation is all about. You might say, where are you going with this, Melden? Can you prove that biblically? Oh, I can prove it. You can turn to Matthew 25. We're going to read there. And, and uh, this is an important, an important indicator of our salvation is how we care for others. The outflow of the grace of God in our life, the response of that is an outpouring of love for others, for the family of God and for those that don't yet know him. The gospel does not move us into self-centered living. It's not me first. It becomes God first and others first. Or others second and me somewhere third or fourth there on that list. The gospel produces a generosity of our time, of our resources, and our finances. We're compelled to do this. The gospel compels us. It's not forced to. It's, it's the outflow. It's the expression of the gospel in our lives. And so here in Matthew 25, the last part of the chapter, we're going to read in verse 31 in a moment. So you can get yourself ready there because we're going to read this. Here is a picture of the end of the world. This is the second advent of Jesus. The first time that Jesus came, only a few saw him. For this time, for this time, every eye will see him. The second advent, every eye will see him. And this story that Jesus tells us is what he wants us to do for the rest of our lives. This isn't to earn our salvation. It is a response to our salvation. In verse 31, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Notice this. This is really cool. Notice you can't earn an inheritance. You don't earn an inheritance. You get it because you're in the family. So when you're in the family, he says, come on, come and enjoy your inheritance. Verse 35, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. 
I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the Lord will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it, it to the least of one of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Loved ones here today, we're compelled by God's word. That the response of our salvation is caring for others, for the least of these around us. God's grace just isn't a decision that you make. It's not just a box that you check on a card at the end of a crusade or at summer camp. It's a reorientation of your life. Loving others, serving others, worshiping Jesus, and it all starts as we worship him. It motivates us to want to share with him and to be generous and to give back. And, and how do we give back to the king of kings, we care for his family. We care for others. Knowing that one day, we believe God's word tells us all oppression will end. All evil, all cancer, all sickness, all terrorism, all addiction, all hunger, all messed up relationships, all human trafficking. And he invites us into the story to start seeing that redemption happen even now. His love, his grace, his mercy, it compels us. I was talking to a church leader just this past week from a church in another province, and he was lamenting about how they just can't get volunteers in their church. He says, we, we do sign-ups, we do call-outs, we do all these different things. We, we can't do anything, and, and so frustrated by that, and and. And he's kind of questioning, is that a motivation issue? Is that a, you know, a recruitment problem? Are we doing something wrong? And, and I don't know, I, I really couldn't answer him and, and, and just kind of heard him out. And afterwards, I kind of thought, it's not a serving problem. It's not a volunteering problem. It's not an inspiration, you know, just stand up there and give an inspirational talk and get it. It's not a financial problem when we don't give, when we don't serve. You know what it comes down to? It's a gospel problem. We're not understanding the gospel and God's rich outpouring for us that then motivates us to be free in giving to others. The gospel is something that, I, I mean, it's, it's so rich and so powerful. And, and you know what? He, here's where it is. Motivation. I can stand up and give a motivational talk that can raise money. It can recruit volunteers. I can... I can pour on the guilt to people. It's almost like in some ways pastors are trained to be able to do that. I don't know. You just start to know what buttons to press in order for certain things to be happening. But you know what it comes down? It's none of that. Because motivation and inspiration, those aren't sustainable. People get tired. They'll get worn out. They'll get burnt out. But the gospel is sustainable. That's where we find our strength. That's where we find our power. 
as we focus on the glory and the majesty and the grace and the forgiveness of our God, it blows us away. And the response to the gospel is service, it's generosity. When the gospel is taking root in our lives, it's going to show. It's going to show in the way that we love and care for others. I'm not talking at all about burning yourself out and because churches have a good way of doing that with people. But I'm talking about at least get burning, get going at least. There's times where you need rest. There's times that, that you need to have a break from certain areas of ministry and from serving God. But when it comes to understanding the gospel, understand that it revives us, it strengthens us to get back out there and to, to continue on. And so today at this Christmas season, I wonder, how can you take care of the family? When the gospel is alive in our hearts, when it's alive within the church, you're going to have people, you're going to have waiting lists when it comes to volunteers. You're going to have more money than you know what to do with because of the generosity that God has given. We're just, we just start flowing it out to others this morning. And, and there's such a blessing that happens. And not always do you get to share in these blessings because sometimes when you give to church, it's boring. It, you go online, you can do it there, you put it in the offering. And yet it's worship. It's saying, here God, here, take this and use it to further your kingdom. But I want to share with you just a little way that your giving can bless others. Even as we have taken this uh, special offering today, encourage you, it was, wasn't mentioned earlier, but you can place... Um, in the boxes, if you brought your Christmas offering and there's envelopes there, you can give, you can place it in one of the boxes on your way out at the um, information desk or, or at one of the uh, boxes just on your way out of the worship center. And we're going to give generously to, to various areas and outlined in the email. I won't go into those details today. But even today, I was so thankful that the lady who comes in here at one o'clock in the morning, because we rent this place early in the morning, or early in the morning, it means that the cleanup lady has to get up at 1 a.m. to come and to clean the theater. Because you know what? When it comes to movie theaters, people are what? Messy. I, I, I'm thinking of a four-letter word. It starts with P. Pigs, yeah, I mean, you spill, you're eating popcorn, it's falling all over the place, you're wiping your hands all over the place, and we're so thankful for the blessing that this, this place is in when we arrive in here, and, and so this morning she was just leaving, and I was able to go, and because of your generosity, I gave her a gift card, and I said, thank you for what you do here in serving and, and being able to serve us so we can have our church in, in a clean facility, and to her eyes, her name is Kim, would you pray for Kim? Her eyes started to well up with tears and she said, thank you for validating me. And then she gave me, she says, I don't know if you're cool with this, but can I give you a hug? And I'm like, for sure, and, and gave this lady a hug. And, and because we've witnessed over the last number of months that she's been here a few times and it's been a rough morning for her. And for us to come alongside and to care and to love the least of these, because so oftentimes we see those who do the cleanup and different things, whether it's in the home or whether it's in restaurants, as the least of these. They're here to serve us. No, we are there to serve them. The people in our community, we have a food bank opportunity to go and serve on Tuesday. It was in the email. I've had a few people respond, say they could go. Hey, how can we go and serve within our community? We can. Look for those opportunities. And God will open those doors. 
We pray for that as a church as well. And so today in this Christmas season, as we move towards Christmas coming up later on this week, what are you giving Jesus today? I encourage you to give Jesus your heart, either for the first time or give him your wandering heart. Give him your friendship. Spend time with him. Speak to him. Let him speak to you. He does that through his word. He speaks. We listen. And thirdly, take care of his family, of those around us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we know that as we have received so much from you, that as we give to you even now, I pray that there would be areas all of us would be examining in our own lives where we can be generous, where we can give back to you. Because you've given us all things. And so, Father, I would ask that we would respond with open hearts to what you would have to say to us. With reckless abandon, we would, like the wise men, pursue the king, take the steps of faith and give you our heart. We would worship you and out of the outflow and as we give to you of our treasures, of our time, of our resources, you fill us with joy and we are able to declare joy to the world. The Lord has come. And it's not just a generic song we're singing, but it can be personal because the Lord has come into my heart. And help us to proclaim that even now as we worship you, Jesus. Not just with our lips, but this week through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together in worship.